0: Welcome to Twisted News, everyone. I'm Andrew, and thank you very much for tuning in. For today's episode, we have a semi-feel-good story featuring a case where social media became a tool to help identify the suspect of a creepy three-decade-old cold case murder. We follow that up with the story of a teenager who luckily managed to escape her abductor, only to find out later that he was in fact a serial killer. So buckle up. Get ready for Scary Mysteries, Twisted News. Number one, Facebooker solves 1990 cold case. We are indeed living in the age of social media and people who know how to properly utilize its functions can achieve some pretty amazing things. Facebooking is how one empty nester managed to kill some of his time and eventually it led to one of the most insightful discoveries on a cold case that had haunted West Hollywood for more than three decades. This discovery centered around one of the most mysterious cold cases in all of L.A., which happened back in 1990, and was as memorable as the case of the Black Dahlia, the posthumous pseudonym given to Elizabeth Short, who was found mutilated in the city back in 1947. However, this time the victim was a 25-year-old adult actor named Billy London. Just before Hallow's Eve on October 29, 1990, an unidentified transient was digging through a dumpster in an alley near Santa Monica Boulevard when they stumbled upon something terrifying. One of the black garbage bags they were sifting through, they found a human head and a pair of feet. This gruesome death caused fear in the close-knit community of West Hollywood, especially because it was also around this time that Jeffrey Dahmer was committing his violent crimes in Milwaukee, and Billy himself was originally from there. But what started as an intense investigation quickly fizzled out into a cold case due to a lack of evidence. The case files themselves were filled with dead-end leads and many conspiracy theories about who had done the crime and why. Fast forward to the present day, and the case started to sort of come to life once again when separate individuals started to gain interest in Billy's case, the most notable of whom was a Facebooker who was able to provide the biggest break in this murder mystery by finding the suspect. Clark Williams lives in Sherman Oaks, California with his husband, and after their daughter left for college, he found an interest in Facebook to kill the boredom. What started as something to pass the time by checking out the History of Gay Wisconsin Facebook group led to a series of intense online sleuthing that managed to identify Daryl Lynn Madden, stage name Billy Houston, who was also a former adult actor turned extremist, turned Orthodox Jew. Daryl also now identifies as a transgender woman named Daryl Lynn. Back in 2007 in Oklahoma, then, 37-year-old Madden and his accomplice, 26-year-old Bradley Quails, both killed a man named Stephen Domer as a gang initiation to join the Chaos Squad. They lured Dahmer into a secluded area under the pretense of offering him money for sex. However, they restrained him in his vehicle, then drove around and beat him up before strangling him to death and dumping his body into a creek. Madden ended up shooting and killing Qualls as well, police were able to arrest Madden, who then confessed to the crimes, and as a result, he received a life sentence. Then in a book entitled American Honor Killings, Madden confessed to these crimes, but also mentioned committing a murder in L.A. as well. All this information was linked together by Clark, who was just at home on his own computer. He also managed to reach out to several individuals who were also heavily invested in the case, as well as those who previously worked with Billy. After his intensive research, he contacted LAPD Detective John Lamberti and handed over his discovery. Detective Lamberti and his partner, Detective Tamara Mamias, started to follow this lead and learned that Madden had worked for a production company that had its building on none other than Santa Monica Boulevard, the same location as the dumpster where Billy's remains were found. Recently then, on January 4th of 2023, they visited him at the Oklahoma prison for an interview, and according to Madden, they targeted Billy to rob and assault him. Madden also believed that Billy was high on methamphetamine when they attacked and strangled him, and these details regarding the methamphetamine and strangulation matched the coroner's findings in Billy's remains. Now, both LAPD detectives believe that they finally found the elusive killer of Billy London. Despite this important confession, though, they still don't know what happened to the rest of Billy's body. Madden's refusing to say any more on the matter, stating that he won't snitch about the gang. For now, L.A. District Attorney George Gascon refused to file charges against Madden because of a lack of evidence. As for Billy's family and the LAPD, they finally have some sort of closure regarding Billy's killing and could take comfort in the fact that Madden will spend the rest of their life behind bars. Detective Lamberti, in the article published by the LA Times, expressed just how impressed he was with the amount of info Clark, along with the people who showed interest and dedication in finding out the truth had amassed over the years. While some think social media may not be good for those who become so engrossed in using it, then there's stories like this that show it does certainly have its upsides. Number two, Escape from a Serial Killer. There's an undying interest in stories that retell the experiences of people who've been through troubling and traumatizing experiences because they give you a real perspective into a danger and fear that's hard to imagine unless it's been experienced firsthand. Recently, a series came out that reimagines one of the most harrowing abductions that happened just about two decades ago. It involved Kara Chamberlain, who was 15 years old at the time, when she was held captive for 18 hours. According to Kara herself, watching the scene she experienced unfolding on the screen from the series gave her a different perspective of what happened to her, what her family experienced and felt during the abduction, as well as how it affects her even now as a mother herself. The scenes she was referring to are from The Girl Who Escaped, the Kara Robinson story. It depicted the events that unfolded on June 24, 2002, down in Columbia, South Carolina. On that day, Kara was in the yard of her childhood home watering the flowers when a Pontiac Firebird pulled up and parked out front. The driver called for Kara's attention under the guise of selling magazines. When she approached, she then pulled out a gun he forced her into a plastic tub that had been built into the vehicle's trunk. Caro was then taken to the man's apartment where inside, she was tied to the bed and assaulted. And to add just a bit more horror to the ordeal for her, he made the girl watch news segments that night about her abduction. Luckily though, after 18 hours, she managed to escape when the man fell asleep, and she had loosened herself enough to get free from her shackles. She took off from the house and then down the street, and a group of people pulled up to help her get to the police station, where she told them everything that had happened to her, including the important details that ultimately led to the identification of her abductor, 38-year-old Richard Ivonitz. Later, he would go on to be identified as a serial killer and assaulter who targeted young girls that were all very similar to Kara Investigators were able to link her abduction to the kidnapping and murders of two sisters, 15 year old Kristen and 12 year old Katie Lisk. They also suspected a few more victims had been caught in Evidence's trap, but they never got to actually talk with the man himself. See, he was tracked down by police after Kara's escape. When he was trying to flee to Florida, that failed, and police had him surrounded. That's when he took the easy way out and shot himself. Kara said in interviews that even when she was finally free from her abductor back then, she didn't necessarily feel safe or relieved. After learning about the fate, though, of Evanitz, she felt angry initially, but also finally got some relief that she didn't have to face him again at a trial and talk about the details of what he had done to her. She moved on with her life, and graduated from school, and eventually became a Richland County Sheriff's Deputy herself. She's now a 36-year-old mother with two children of her own and was involved in the making of the TV film. As she put it, releasing and telling stories such as hers and other survivors of unique crimes and cases are important, as it shows people just how something so innocent or perhaps even mundane could turn into something horrible and at times deadly. This makes people become more aware and vigilant of their surroundings for their own safety. So those were a couple of the scariest news stories that we have for you guys today. If you like this episode, please do subscribe so you don't miss out on all the new content we're putting out each week. Follow our socials down in the description below. You never know if we'll be solving our own crimes. Thanks so much for tuning in